Live from cities and towns throughout the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's On the Road series. May the narrative be with you. I grew up in Hueytown, Alabama. And whatever image that evokes for you, I can tell you it was worse. (laughs) Hueytown was a suburb of a suburb of a steel mill town. It was flat, it was ugly, it was polluted. There were no cafes like this. There were no bookstores. There were certainly no art museums. Even the library was so decrepit and sad, I never went to it. And I love libraries. Hueytown was pretty much just an endless sea of baseball fields and churches. But when I entered high school, all that changed because there was a teacher at Hueytown High School named Mr. Myatt. And Mr. Myatt taught a class called European Studies, where you could study the architecture and the art and the philosophy and the literature and the history of Europe. And the whole class culminated with a two-week trip to Europe during spring break. So my parents didn't have a lot of money, but they kind of scrounged around from the grandparents and the aunts and the uncles, and they came up with enough money that I could take this class. And so I did. So it consisted of 10 of us sitting around a conference table with Mr. Maya. And he, he was this iconic teacher. He was really tall, he had black curly hair and these kind of deep, soulful black eyes and this deep voice. And Mr. Maya was the first atheist I ever met. He was a professed atheist. And he was also an existentialist. So we would read Sartre and Kierkegaard and Nietzsche and Camus and Dostoevsky, and and he would tell us all of his philosophies of how bleak and meaningless life was, and this was just thrilling, right? (laughs) And Mr. Maya would say to us, and especially to me, he would say, "How how can you be so happy? How can you go to football games and be laughing as you walk down the hall when there's just no point to any of it? And we'd be like, I don't know, you start, you know, it's kind of like that. But, but as time went on, you know, these ideas begin to percolate in my head too. And, and I sort of decided that I, I wasn't ready to go out on that existential atheist limb. That seemed pretty shaky, but I thought I might be an agnostic. That seemed okay. That seemed like I was just saying I didn't know one way or the other, and that was kind of true. So I was an agnostic, and I was also falling in love with Mr. Maya, right? I was 15, and he was rocking my world. And so I was kind of enamored. So we go to, so we go to, so spring break comes, and we go to Europe. We go first to Italy, and it was amazing. And we were very much typical teenagers in Italy, you know. We went to the farm and climbed all over everything that we shouldn't have. And we posed beside the David and kind of giggled at him, you know, when no one was looking. And then it was time to go to Paris. So here it is. I'm in Paris, I'm 15, and I'm with the man I love. You know, and I'm pretty sure it's going to happen on this trip that he realizes how special I am. And that I'm not just like any other Hueytown girl, but that I'm the real thing and that he's gonna fall in love with me. Finally, it's the last day in Paris, and we have a free morning. We can do whatever we wanna do. We can go shopping, we can go to the cafes, we can go back to the Louvre. Mr. Myatt is gonna go to Notre Dame Cathedral because he has told us over and over all semester that if he were ever to believe in God, 
that's where it would be because Notre Dame Cathedral is just so celestial and spiritual like nowhere else. So I decide to go there and some miracle of miracles no one else wants to go so it's just me and Mr. Maya. It doesn't get any better than this for a girl from Hueytown, really. This is it, right? So we're there and it is really just like he said it was. We walk in and it's just this huge, grand, stone, you know, place, cathedral. It's hard to even explain it. The gargoyles are hanging down, the sunlight's coming through the stained glass windows, and it, it kind of has this ancient, ancient smell, like it's been there forever. And it also smells a little bit of wet wool because it's the week before Easter, so it's drizzly in Paris, and there are just thousands of people in there worshiping in their dark, wet coats. And we kind of come in and we get into this line and, and Mr. Myatt can read French and he sees a sign that says that the line is leading up to the front of the church where the holy relics of Christ are on tour. So we decide to see them. And we're standing in line and Mr. Myatt, you know, he's an atheist, so he is making some jokes about this. This is, this is time for some sarcastic comments on his part. And I, of course, want Mr. Myatt to like me, so I'm trying to be very sophisticated and clever and tall. <laughs> and I'm doing a pretty good job. And Mr. Myatt is leaning over and talking to me, and I'm looking up, and it's just all so great. And then I see down in the front of the church, I can see the glass case, this long glass case where the holy relics are. And then I see that as people are walking into the front of the church, they are kneeling and they're crossing themselves before they go to the case. And this, I'm a little worried now because I don't really, I'm not Catholic. I don't really believe this. And I really want to impress Mr. Maya. But I've also been raised in the South as a good Southern girl. And one of the things I've always been taught is not to offend anyone, to always be polite. So I don't know what to do. And then suddenly I'm there and it's my turn to go up. And so I just very quickly walk to the case. And I hope no one has noticed. And I look down and there are these spikes, these railroad looking spikes in the case. And I had been in the church enough as a child to know that these are presumably the spikes from the crucifixion, right? So I just kind of look at them. And then the crowd kind of pushes me along to the next place in the case. And there's this cloth, this muslin cloth kind of. And I realized this is the shroud. And, and so again, I, I'm not really quite sure to think of this. I'm not really thinking anything except that I'm thinking maybe I'm gonna get out of this without making an international incident, and that's a good thing. And then after that, Mr. Myatt and I can go wander around the church more. But then I look at the last station where there's one more priest, and he's holding out this, this glass circle, this completely encased glass circle, like a glass halo. And the woman in front of me is kneeling down and he hands it out to her and she kisses it. And then he takes it back and he wipes it off and I don't know what's going on. But I'm being pushed by the crowd and by Mr. Myatt on and I get there and I'm standing in front of the priest. He's got on his long vestments and his hat. 
and I look into this completely glass encased thing and inside it I see all of this bramble and I realize that it's the crown of thorns and I'm completely terrified I don't know what to do and I just stand there I freeze and so the priest holds it out to me to kneel down and I just stand there and he looks a little confused and so he lifts it up to my face and I still just stand there and I am feeling kind of like things are pressing me from all angles and I don't I don't know whether to say no or I can't do anything I'm completely paralyzed and the priest takes the crown of thorns and he shakes it in my face <laughs> and I can't even breathe anymore I'm I feel Mr. Myatt coming right up behind me and I I open my mouth and completely involuntarily I start to laugh and it's not a little laugh no it's it's one of those really loud kind of wheezy laughs the kind where stuff starts coming out of your eyes and your nose and you're kind of gagging a little bit and it's high and it's low and 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 I I can't even breathe and I'm pretty sure that the whole cathedral has gone completely silent all of these praying people and I just stand there and I think that I'm probably gonna die right then and there and that's when I feel Mr. Myatt's hand in the small of my back very hard and he starts pushing me and he pushes me out of the front of the church and past everything and there's this tiny little aisle with people praying on both sides and they're all staring at me I'm pretty sure of it and I'm just being pushed down this aisle I'm still laughing I'm still laughing uncontrollably I can't breathe and all I can see is there's this tiny light at the end of this aisle and I'm going toward it as fast as I can and Mr. Myatt is just pushing me and we finally get to that door and we burst out and we're back into the gray Paris day It's pretty sad to say, but nothing really changed between Mr. me and Mr. Myatt because of that. It all stayed kind of the same. That night, we got on the plane, we flew back to Hueytown, Alabama, which was even uglier and more oppressive than I remembered. But within a year, I escaped Hueytown. I went to college. And after college, I lived and traveled all around the world. I was still a girl from the sticks. I still had one or two embarrassing, awkward moments ahead of me. But I never, ever again laughed like I did in Notre Dame. Thank you.